2: Kyle Krabs here host of locked on NFL scouting join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft check out the locked on NFL scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts
0: you are locked on Ravens your daily podcast on the Baltimore Ravens part of the locked on podcast network your team every day welcome to a Friday edition An extra one for you guys of the Locked On Ravens podcast. I'm Matthew Stevens. You can catch me on Twitter at MatthewS underscore NFL. And I'm joined as always by my co-host Jacob Troxel, who you can catch on Twitter at Trox3, T-R-O-X-3. Big game last night, right, Jacob? I mean, uh, cool things that we saw and and, uh, a bunch of stuff that we talked about late last night, like midnight when we recorded our our last episode. But uh, cool things.
1: Yeah, a couple couple kind of bright spots. The second half was obviously a little slow, being that it was the final of five preseason games. So a lot of kind of just running the clock out. And uh, But yeah, so, some interesting things to note in that first half. So if you didn't hear that, go back and uh, listen to that last episode.
0: Absolutely. Well, we've got a good show for you today. Obviously, the 53-man roster and practice squads are going to get set over the next few days. Uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about that. In our second segment, our third segment is going to be, you know, we're going to kind of do a bit of a snake draft thing in terms of X factors for the Ravens. So some guys that, you know, maybe aren't necessarily uh, starters or guys that maybe even you're paying that much attention to, but are really going to be such vital aspects of this team moving forward, you know, this year and beyond. Uh, so some good stuff there. Uh, we're first going to start off with Robert Griffin III and the three quarterback uh, situation. That really is kind of the, Biggest thing heading into this fifty-three man roster cutdown. But first, I just want to quick mention our sponsors for today's show, uh, DraftKings and Hims. So our first segment, obviously, again, like we just mentioned, Robert Griffin's roster spot. He didn't play last night at all against the Washington Redskins, which you know a little bit of a bummer. Obviously, going up against this former team, the team that you know a lot of fans think ruined Robert Griffin the Third, ruined his career. Uh, hard to kind of disagree with that, but he didn't get a single snap. Uh you know, do you make anything of that, Jacob?
1: No, not really. I mean, it could mean one of two things. Either they are set on trading him or they're set on keeping him. Or really, I guess a third o- uh, option there would be they don't know what they're doing, but it's going to be one of the two. Um <laughs> so you know, I, I I don't think too much of it. Um obviously we talked a little bit about before in the previous episodes about What we saw from him and he looked very poised, I thought, throughout the preseason, uh, looked very much like a veteran. So he'll be playing somewhere. It's just going to be a matter of whether that's going to be in Baltimore or if they're going to uh, trade him for something else to another team, because I think he certainly has value. Yeah, you know, we touched
0: on it a little bit uh, in the last few episodes, but. You know, and I, and I touched on it last night or, or early this morning when I kind of started writing some stuff up about the 53-man roster, but realistically, uh, Griffin playing or not playing last night makes no difference on his roster spot. And, and, you know, with Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco obviously making this team, I mean, there's there's no way that both of them, either one of them, doesn't make the 53-man roster. Uh, you know, it, it's a situation in which, really, it... it they already know what they have in Griffin. Him playing well or not playing well wasn't going to change their decision. What it really came down to was, you know, Lamar Jackson. And if he is worthy of keeping three quarterbacks on the roster or just two quarterbacks on the roster based on his play, Um, did you think, you know, obviously we saw oh, Griffin, uh, excuse me, we saw Jackson last night against the Redskins. We saw him do well against the... uh Colts as well, or excuse me, the the Miami Dolphins. Do you think that Jackson kind of played out Griffin's spot to where they don't need to keep two guys? Do you think, you know, it's three guys at this point? Do you you trust Jackson to be able to step in uh, if Joe Flacco were to go down for a few games?
1: I think, you know, and then this is one of the things we mentioned before these last two games um and that's that's the big question right now that the ravens are facing and i i said i wanted to see you know we at that point we had two games left and i said i wanted to see jackson put together back-to-back solid performances because if you don't put together after those slow three starts if you don't put together back-to-back performances here there's really no shot of the ravens uh keeping just two quarterbacks but I think he started well in both of those games and you saw some inaccurate throws uh, here and there a little bit in between um, some nice, some nice spots from him. So I don't think they need three quarterbacks, but I think the bigger decision the Ravens are going to have to look at, or I guess the thing that's driving the decision is how confident are they in the offensive line to protect Flacco? Cause that's really the only reason you would keep Robert Griffin is if you think that, there's a chance uh, Joe Flacco gets injured. Um, I don't think they have any plans in uh, benching Joe Flacco anytime soon at all. This is how I see it this year is is definitely his team. And that's, I think, just as important in that decision uh, as how the quarterbacks have played. Because if the Ravens are very confident in their offensive line, obviously they, they have a couple tight ends that are available now. And some of them can blocking the in the passing game and the running game so i think that's also something that we have to factor in here a little bit
0: yeah definitely it's
1: you know again it's it's the
0: toughest decision i think baltimore really needs to make this this cut down um if they keep three quarterbacks obviously it means that someone somewhere else on this roster isn't going to make the team and that could mean depth at a number of spots that have either been affected by injury or you're not entirely you know confident in in everybody that's there Um, you know I do want to quick news uh, actually as we're uh, recording this podcast the first cut has really been made Uh, Jeff Zriebeck of of the athletic is reporting that uh, undrafted free agent tight end Nick Kaiser is among the first cuts so uh, some interesting stuff there but going back to Griffin real quick uh, and, and Jackson Jackson for the preseason through 34 t- or through 68 times, excuse me, completed 34 of those, 50%. He put up 408 yards through the air, uh, three touchdowns, one interception, and eight sacks for a quarterback rating of 77.3. Now, those first three games, he wasn't really all that great. He was obviously throwing a lot of incompletions. He was still trying to get his feet underneath of him. But we saw in the last two games, uh, you know, b- maybe have turned the tides. I will say... I think the three touchdowns to one interception might be the biggest sticking point. Anyone who's coming in for Flacco isn't going to be handed the keys to the offense and be told, go out there, throw it 40 times a game. You're our guy. You're, you're now the starter, and, and, and we want you to, to carry us to a Super Bowl. It's going to be a, please don't mess up and just hand it off to Alex Collins, and if it's a third and eight, I'm going to need you to throw, but don't throw an interception. Three touchdowns, one interception kind of means that Lamar Jackson's making some good decisions, Uh, And, you know, he's not turning the ball over, which is pretty vital for that backup quarterback spot. So that might have a a huge impact on what happens there.
1: Yeah. And another thing, too, to keep in mind, anytime you have a younger quarterback um, possibly stepping in, I think more so than having good uh, receiving options for them is to have uh, a good running back and a good offensive line around him because that takes so much pressure off of your quarterback when you can run the ball. And I think um, with everything that we see from this team right now, depth wise uh, and what we saw from Alex Collins last year, Kenneth Dixon back healthy along with Buck Allen, this is definitely a team that is slated to improve in the running game. So that's another thing where, you know, if something did happen to Joe, that at least the Ravens are in a little bit better of a position this year to take some pressure off their quarterback. And they also have guys that uh, can run short intermediate routes that Jackson can get the ball out of his hands quickly. So I think there are also um, some ways that you can work around having that young quarterback in your system this year compared to last year where there were a lot of inconsistent wide receivers. Obviously, Alex Collins played well, but the offensive line was not uh, as improved and as uh, deep as it is this year, so there are so many different factors uh, into that uh, offense, not just the receiving core. It's it's often you know it's very easy we can look at a rookie quarterback or something and say, oh wow, he's got uh you know X, Y, and Z receivers. He's gonna throw for five thousand yards or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it happens. I mean, sometimes you know you have guys that build good rapports and they're able to do that. But, um, you know, when push comes to shove, when you're on the road, you're, you're trying to win a tough game. Uh, sometimes it comes down to just getting that offensive line and uh, the running game going.
0: Yeah, when we get back to our, you know, first episode after the 53-man cuts, obviously we'll know if Griffin has made it or not. And, and we'll talk probably a little bit more about, uh, you know, some of the decisions on the 53-man roster once kind of Baltimore sets things down on Saturday and the practice squad on Sunday. Uh, so when we come back on Monday, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, Griffin's roster spot or, or no roster spot and some of the other 53 man stuff. Um, let's go ahead and get into our next segment, but I first want to, uh, you know, talk to you a little bit about fantasy football. Uh, obviously now's the time where a lot of drafts are coming down. Uh, we had mine not that long ago. So, uh, If you're it's crunch time for fantasy football and locked on is delivering. So locked on has a brand new fantasy football show called locked on fantasy 24 seven lock or fantasy football 24 seven will give you the latest trends, the hottest roster moves and where to get the advantage. Plus Ethan Turner, the injury expert gives you the edge. Always a big thing in fantasy, that injury expert aspect locked on fantasy football 24 seven is here to help you win your league. And again, this is the Locked on Ravens podcast. You're here. You're following us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Matthew S underscore NFL. Jacob here is at Trox3, T-R-O-X-3. You can also catch both of us on Twitter under the Locked on Ravens account at Locked on Ravens. So fairly simple to go ahead and get there. Our third segment is going to be X-Factors, uh, which I think is is a vital aspect of this team moving forward, but let's go ahead and actually talk a little bit about this 53-man roster deadline. I kind of teased it a little bit that, uh, you know, it's Saturday. Saturday is is when things are going to happen, and then the practice squad is Sunday. But what is the actual deal with the 53-man roster? There's so many things going on with the CBA having changed a few years ago and some rule changes. So the Ravens have to get down... They have 90 players, I think technically speaking they have like 93 right now or 91 because they have that uh, international player. They've got to trim that down to 53, and they have to do so into league offices. We'll probably know a little bit after the fact uh, as things start to kind of trickle out. But they have to have it done Saturday, September 1st at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, So pretty quick. I mean, we're recording this at noon on Friday, so they have a little over a day to make 37 cuts. Um, Not, not exactly easy to do.
1: Yeah, it'll, it'll be difficult. I mean, uh, and, and again, you know, if you missed our uh, offensive and defensive projections, we uh, went in depth to those uh, by position group in the previous episodes. So definitely go back and download those. Um, You know, even though we did do those before this last Redskins game, Uh, We talked about a little bit last night. Our projections really didn't change at all. Obviously there was an injury uh, or a couple injuries that were of note. So um, it's kind of tough to really change our projections without knowing the full extent to those injuries right now. Um, So where our projections at uh, are at right now are still the same. And we're just kind of waiting with everyone else to hear what the, um, what the injuries are going to look like for the Ravens. So It'll be interest, interest, interesting oh gosh, uh, to see um, how they handle uh, those position groups that uh, suffered some injuries too. And one of them being the cornerbacks there was Stanley Jean-Baptiste. Uh, I think that, that's probably the biggest uh, injury for me because they already are missing Jimmy Smith for the first four games. Yeah, you know, injuries
0: obviously are going to, like you mentioned, play a huge impact on the 53-man roster and, and where guys get kind of stashed onto. And, and even just for the short term, you know, obviously with Jimmy Smith's suspension, you have four games in which he doesn't count against the 53-man roster uh, until he is reinstated. So you kind of have four games where you can stash somebody on your roster eventually you're going to have to get rid of them or you're going to have to get rid of somebody else. But you have a few games in which you you can almost practice squad a guy to a certain degree, uh, which is, I think, pretty important. Um, One of the the first cuts, as we mentioned uh, in the first segment when we were talking about Robert Robert Griffin, news broke that tight end, uh, undrafted free agent tight end Nick Kaiser is among the first cut. Uh, Jeff Zriebeck is the one that's reporting that first uh, so roster cuts already happening there for guys that you know, we, we mentioned the, the practice squad here, but for guys that want to get onto that practice squad, you know, there, there's a lot of important rules there. Uh, first and foremost, teams are allowed a maximum of 10 players on their practice squad in addition to the 53 players on the roster. Now, the Ravens get a little bit of a bonus here and, and it, it made things maybe a little bit more difficult initially, but the bonus is nice in the end. The Ravens are participating in the NFL's International Player Development Program in 2018, so they're actually able to sign one international player to their practice squad to give them 11 guys. So a little bit of edge over the rest of the the league. The practice squad minimum salary is seven thousand six hundred dollars per week. Now that sounds like a lot, but after agent cuts and and Insurance and so many other things come down. They're probably a lot closer to where you know you and I are uh, in their in their average salary, but still not bad. Means they should be able to go ahead and focus on this, you know, full time. Now, one of the biggest things, and this is where we see a lot of issues with it as people are trying to figure out their practice squad, uh, you know, fans are, is. Well, what's the eligibility? Well, the eligibility are players are eligible if they have no more than two accrued NFL seasons. That does not mean they had to be on the roster for all 16 games. In fact, they only had to be on the 53-man roster six games to account as a accrued season. So, uh, a bunch of guys maybe didn't make it through the season uh, a year or two ago. As long as they hit six games on the active roster, they're now officially uh, a season down. Now a player cannot be on the practice squad for more than three seasons. Uh, teams are able to keep up to four players who have accrued two seasons of NFL experience. So that's kind of a new roster thing, uh, you know, last year or the year before in which the NFL has given teams a little bit more leeway in keeping that fringe guy, maybe an expert who or uh, has somebody has experience maybe start it for you a little bit here and there that you want to keep, but just you you don't have a regular roster spot for anymore for whatever reason. You're now able to keep four guys with two seasons of experience, as well as the rest of them have to be no more than two. So a little bit under that. Um, If you're trying to sign somebody off the practice squad from, from another team, let's just say the Patriots have a guy you really love. You're able to go ahead and and, and negotiate with that person. The only issue is you have to sign them to your 53-man roster. You cannot go from practice squad to practice squad. That's not fair. The whole thing is in an effort to get guys some work and get them on the 53-man roster. So you have to sign them to the 53-man roster, and they get a minimum of 3 weeks salary, and they count against your 53-man roster for three weeks minimum. doesn't matter if you have them on there for a day and you cut them congratulations, you now have a roster spot dedicated to that guy for three games. A bye week does count as a game, but trade it, terminate it, doesn't really matter. So, a lot of weird rules with the practice squad. A, a lot of scary things with the 53-man the roster, but fairly easy once you kind of dig into it a little bit more. Um, Jacob, do you, do you have anybody that really stood out to you that probably isn't going to make this roster, but very well could make the... Uh, you know, uh, the practice squad, or or maybe get stashed in that sense.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, and I think I mentioned this on uh, the previous episode too. But Delance Turner is a guy that has looked very quick and has impressed me in the preseason. He didn't get too many carries early on, um, but he ended up with over 150 rushing yards in uh, 22 carries in the preseason across those uh, four four games. He got carries in so uh, that across four games. I think I've been very impressed with him. I think he can do a lot of different things, both in the running and the passing game. So he's a definite, uh, practice squad candidate for me. And I think it's always good to have a running back on your practice squad because that position takes more hits, uh, probably than anyone. So, um, definitely want to have some depth there. I mean, just look at the Redskins. They had to go out, excuse me. They had to go outside uh, Adrian Peterson after a couple of injuries to their running backs in the preseason so you never know uh, what kind of injuries you're going to get at that position specifically you could lose uh, uh, you know a couple guys uh, all in one week like the Redskins did so uh, that's that guy is a definite uh, practice squad uh, spot for me
0: yeah you know you mentioned running back uh, I think a lot of Ravens fans will remember that Alex Collins was on the practice squad last year and uh, before mm-hmm. he got bumped up. So certainly, you know, practice squad does not mean that they're, they're they suck. It means that you just kind of you don't have a regular roster spot for them. Uh, you're you're kind of stashing them a little bit. You want to continue developing them, but you like the skill set the guy has. So a guy like Delance Turner makes complete sense. As you mentioned, you know, 22 rushes, 159 yards, 7.2 yard per carry average that 65 yard run and a touchdown uh you know mark thompson gus edwards are also other guys that that could factor into that as well gus edwards was kind of the the main guy that was competing with kenneth dixon for that final roster spot i personally think that, that dixon kind of won it out simply by just showing off a little bit more of that uh, explosiveness and, and edwards just didn't have the huge runs Uh, that you wanted to kind of see. He ended with a 3.3 yard per carry average, but you liked him enough to go ahead and put him into that competition. I think you might have liked him enough to see if you can't get get him on the practice squad. Um, You know, uh, some draft picks might potentially try to make it their way onto the practice squad. Uh, uh, You know, seventh rounder Zach Sealer on the defensive line has played exceptionally well, but you have seven spots on the defensive line Uh, to to go ahead and dedicate to a guy who maybe isn't going to get a lot of regular season snaps, but maybe might not not make it to the practice squad. So uh, some tough stuff there. Nick Kaiser, who was among the first cut, another guy that could potentially go that way as well for really all the same reasons that running back and and defensive line is. A lot of depth, but you still might need someone come week six.
1: Yeah, and um, just going off of what you said um yeah, you know, I think that I, I think his, uh Seisler uh, uh Seiler gosh I can't say anyone's name right this week um I think him being this is just kind of a a little quirky thing here but him being Ozzie Newsom's last draft pick ever I think the Ravens will uh, be able to find a spot for him somewhere uh that that's just kind of a gut feeling I have
0: yeah, certainly makes sense, and again, with, with only 53 men you can go ahead and keep on your active roster, there's going to be decisions like that. There, there's going to be those things where you look at a guy and say, you know, is he worth a roster spot? Can I use him come the regular season? That's the first thing. Number two is, even if I can't necessarily use him a ton during the regular season, uh, does he fit like maybe a, a niche role, and will he ever make it to the practice squad if we let him go? Because... Guys have to go all the way through waivers, which means every team gets a shot to sign them before they become free agents. Then when they become free agents, you can go ahead and put them on your practice squad. So that's 31 other teams get a chance to, to decline uh, a a guy going to, to free agency in your practice squad. If he's not going to make it, we might see guys who you kind of go, why did that guy get on there? He did nothing this preseason. Um, That's, very well could be why and and sealer very well could be that type of a player that will just never make it you want to keep him. you still want to develop him, but maybe not it won't make the biggest impact as a uh, as a rookie uh um, yeah
1: yeah very true
0: yeah you know a, a number of guys Chenarian grant uh Christopher Azalea uh, I butchered that last name I'm sure he was a fullback We didn't see him a lot this preseason, but he was one of those international guys from the German Football League. Uh, So don't be shocked if he's the guy that kind of makes it to the international practice squad uh, if Baltimore can go ahead and kind of sneak him through And they didn't really play him very much, so there's not a lot of game film on him. Um, Yeah, a a number of guys could go ahead and make it there, and we've kind of mentioned a few of them. Again, on Monday, we'll dig into it maybe a little bit more and see who did make it, or, or maybe who is still uh, option to go ahead and sign over there. Uh, let's go ahead and do our last segment, but first I'm going to talk a little about college football. The Locked On N- Network is expanding with college shows, so launching soon shows for Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and the SEC, Florida State in the ACC, Oklahoma. Baylor from the Big Twelve, Ohio State, Penn State in the Big Ten, and Oregon in the Pac-Twelve with more to come. Constantly expanding this network on the college side as well. Uh, so make sure if you if you care about a specific specific team, head on over there. Uh, again, this is the Locked On Ravens podcast. You can catch us on Twitter at Locked On Ravens. You can catch Jacob at Trox3. T-R-O-X-3. You can catch me at S underscore NFL. Let's let's move on to our final segment. We're at about 24 minutes on this, uh, so we want to try to trim this down. X-Factors. Guys that maybe aren't necessarily starters per se. Uh, They can be, but guys who are going to play a large role on this team in maybe a unique way. Uh, I'll start with myself on this one, Jacob, because I think you had mentioned you have a few that you kind of wanted to go over. So I'll start, you can do two, and then I'll jump in with two as well, and we'll kind of bounce back and forth. Um, one of my top guys this year is Javorius Buck Allen. Now, he's not necessarily a starter. He's kind of the Ravens third down back. But when you looked at what he was able to do last season, uh, you know Allen was a huge factor for this offense. 153 carries, 591 yards, four touchdowns on the ground. But it was his receiving that really kind of set him apart. 46 receptions, 250 yards, uh, and two more touchdowns. So Allen, for what it's worth, six touchdowns on the year, which is pretty impressive when you go ahead and consider that, uh, you know, Alex Collins scored six touchdowns total the entire season. Uh, your your top rated wide receiver only put up four and that's chris moore um so huge player from a guy that you might not be looking at as that type of a guy
1: yeah and he he absorbed uh, uh some of those in between kind of carries when the ravens were transitioning kind of getting alex Collins into that role so he was he was very important both then and uh like you said in uh that other role there as a, as a ref- receiver as well um so my first pick is going to be uh matthew judon and i think without jimmy smith and um obviously maybe without uh jean baptiste uh these first few weeks i think it's going to be very important that the ravens pass rush is in sync and working together it looked like a lot of times in the preseason they were playing downhill a lot they were getting pressure they were being disruptive even some of their backup guys now that they're possibly uh well they already traded away Kamalay Correa um but they just had a lot of other guys that you know later on late in the depth chart kind of uh looking really good so I think Matt Judon being on the other side of Terrell Suggs um if he can have a good year now the first two years he had four sacks his rookie year and uh eight sacks last year so If uh, the trajectory continues, he'll be slated slated in for double-digit sacks this year. I think it'll definitely uh, happen as long as he can stay healthy. And uh, playing in all 16 games last year, knock on wood, he should be good to go. Um, Two forced fumbles last year as well. So he's a a very just overall talented guy, very agile. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And then my second pick is going to be John Brown. Obviously, Willie Snead and Michael Crabtree are probably looked at as the top two guys here in this offense now, uh, but what John Brown can do, especially if he stays healthy, I know he's had injury, uh, an injury history in the past, but he can do a lot of different things. He can blow by guys. He's, he has great speed. He's a mismatch problem for linebackers. He's great out of the slot. He can also run downfield, take the top off of a defense. So there are a lot of different things that he can do, and I'm excited to see how the Ravens use him uh, in actual um, game scenarios because in the preseason a lot of times it's very bread-and-butter offenses. You're just kind of running you know, clean kind of sets. You're not game planning very much against other teams. You're just trying to uh, run simple patterns and slant routes and things like that. So I'm excited to see how they use him in different matchups as the season goes on.
0: Great selection. He was a guy that I was kind of thinking of as well. Uh, But I'm going to go. uh, You you kind of did a little bit. Actually, I'm going to go with. So I've got two here. I'm going to go with the Williamses. I'm going to say Tim Williams. Very much the same reason you kind of said Matthew Judon. Uh, We saw Judon come on in a huge way last year with eight sacks. And Williams seems to be kind of following that second year trajectory as well. He showed up all preseason, was disruptive against starters, backups, uh, uh, you know, uh, tackles who were uh, agile and able to kind of keep up with him. He bull rushed through vice versa guys who were strong. He was able to kind of get around uh, uh fairly decently as an edge rusher. Uh, so I expect big things from Williams. Terrell Suggs is getting no younger uh, and, and Judon might be his heir apparent, but you're going to mm-hmm. still have to have a guy that can come in and solely rush the quarterback, maybe keep Judon and, and, Suggs healthy throughout the season, fresher through the season, by taking away some of their snaps. He's a guy that's going to, I think, be a big player for the Ravens this year. Uh, and then I'm going to bookend that with Max Williams, the tight end. We didn't see him play against the Redskins, so that pretty much assures that his roster spot is locked. With the Hayden Hurst injury, you know, he was thought to maybe have been on the roster bubble before that, but definitely isn't now. Williams is a guy that a lot of people kind of rag on because he hasn't lived up to his second round draft status, but he was a phenomenal blocker last year, a severely underrated blocker last year. And he has upside as a receiving option. He hasn't shown a lot of it, but he's also had a lot of kind of nagging injuries over his career. He's been relatively healthy, uh, you know, dating back to last season, missed a few games, but relatively healthy for his career. And he seems to be healthy now. So hopefully we see him go ahead and kind of play that uh, that initial Hayden Hurst role as a, a half-blocker, half-receiver for the first few games that Hurst is out and then really kind of comes into his own as that two-end set, uh, two-tight-end set that Ravens love to, to run. I think you mentioned la- last episode, they run it like 55 time, 55% of the time, something crazy like that. Williams is going to be a large factor both in the ground game and in the passing game this year for the Ravens.
1: Yeah, absolutely well said. I uh those are those are two solid guys. Uh fortunately, I didn't have them written down. Um so you didn't steal <laughs> any of my guys. Um so my third pick is going to be even though he's injured right now, uh Hayden Hurst and we talked a little bit about this where tight ends are so important in the Ravens offense. They ran more two tight end sets than anyone last year in football. Joe Flacco loves his tight ends and um Hayden Hurst, what he can do in the offense down the middle of the field. Um, You saw a good sign last night was, uh, you know, Mark Andrews doing that same kind of thing. So um, just Hurst's role as a uh, reliable pass catcher who can run a variety of routes um, is going to be interesting and kind of the same reason behind John Brown, right? Like you want to see him game planned in certain situations, how they use him in the red zone is going to be a big thing to watch for. Um, and especially between the between the 20s, where he can open things up, um, you know, in the middle of the field, and then uh, hopefully uh, open up opportunities for guys like Crabtree and um, you know Snead, uh, some of the uh, bigger guys, maybe on the outside. Uh, and then my last pick, I wanted to take an offensive lineman, but I don't know if there's any one guy that sticks out to me more. That's so much more important than the other ones that it's just obviously the whole unit as a whole is is important um so i uh i, I just skipped down to the cornerbacks and i'm going to take uh, marlon humphrey um i think he had a a great uh, year last year at times uh two interceptions and i know again injuries here uh, is kind of my, the theme with my um to, uh, to, two uh final picks here um so how how he's able to kind of step in and um and play in the absence of jimmy smith if he's out there um obviously you would like to get a, a full 16 games out of humphrey again um but 30 tackles last year two interceptions and um he's definitely going to see him and anthony Averett are definitely going to see increased uh, play. Obviously Averett being a rookie, but uh, Averett probably going to get a little bit more time than most rookies would. So um, those two guys really, I think are going to play huge roles, especially early on in the season.
0: Excellent. Yeah. I think all those guys that we mentioned are, are in line for big seasons. And, and obviously if they all have that, that means the Ravens are doing something really, really well. And they might be able to get back to the playoffs for the first time in, in a number of years. Uh, So hopefully, knock on wood, all those guys stay healthy and are able to make a large impact this season. Uh, Real quick, we'll wrap it up with just a tease of our next show. Um, We'll probably talk a little bit about the 53-man roster that that got finalized. We'll talk a little bit about the practice squad that got as finalized as it can be initially. Um, And and as the week starts going on, we'll really start looking forward to the Buffalo Bills Week 1 and what their deal is. So a lot of intrigue coming up as the regular season gets started. You're listening to the Locked On Ravens podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Matthew Stevens at Matthew S underscore NFL. And I'm joined by Jacob Troxel, Trox3, T R O X3 on Twitter. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter uh, as a group at Locked On Ravens. Thank you guys very, very much. And come back five days a week for new
2: episodes is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast